I so, couldn't even imagine living in Alaska. I mean... No. <laughs> Welcome to episode 11 of the Anchor Me Farm podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Kara. And today, we're going to talk about Oof. light. Everyone on a farm has a strong relationship with the sun. Because all the animals expect to be let out of their buildings at sunrise. And they don't want to go back into their building until sunset. And this kind of always sucks. Because in the, in the wintertime, you know, sunrise and sunset are, are pretty close together up here in Maine. You know, it's the, day, the, the, the day isn't that long. The nights are longer. But everything's cold and you got to haul water and it's just really crummy. And miserable. And miserable. In the summer, you have all this daylight, but it gets to the point where you want to go to bed because you got to get up early in the morning. Yes. And nobody wants to go in their buildings because, like, hey, dude, what are you trying to pull? It is daylight. Why are you trying to put us in the house? We're, we're not going. The goats are a little easier. It's the ducks and chickens that refuse. Yeah, the ducks are just unruly. And they don't care what anybody says, but the chickens are kind of, they kind of act like you're violating a contract and they're going to call their lawyer. No, it is clearly not sunset. It yeah, is, they will literally run away and be like, no. It's like, no, you can, you can call my union rep. I'm not, you're not getting me in before sunset. So it's kind of, we try to entice them with treats and stuff and get them in the building, but it's, it's a hassle. And don't buy it. What ends up happening is Kara just goes in and I come back when it gets a little dark and I put the ducks in. Uh, we, we usually get them all in except for a few ducks, the mallards. You're, you're probably hearing some dog sounds as usual. Um, <laughs> Aberdeen has decided that she's going to lick this blanket that's because over my Because somebody spilt some stuff. Yeah, I spilt a little bit of my cider <laughs> because I was trying to manage Aberdeen and... So it's a, it's a deadly cycle. Yes. The uh, she this she actually got a sip of cider when she was younger and got a taste for it and I have been desperately defending my drinks ever since cuz she does not need any kind of alter to her state of mind. <laughs> she does. Although if it relaxes her a little bit maybe I she did does. I did jokingly <laughs> ask the vet I asked one of the vet techs if uh, we could get a prescription for ketamine. <laughs> and she looked at me like a, a lot seemed to go through her head because I, it makes me wonder what she sees like in a day at the, at the animal clinic. Because at first she was like, does he understand what ketamine is? And if he does, is he serious? <laughs> and, and should so, I allow my dog or the, his dog to go home with Should him? I call somebody? <laughs> And she looked at me like, like really concerned for a moment. And then I said, I understand I'll probably have to cut the pill up and give it to her. And I, and I started to make it really absurd. And I asked if I could get a dart gun instead. And then she started laughing and she realized, okay, this, this guy's humor is in this channel. And then she thought it was funny. Uh, but her initial reaction makes me wonder, have people actually called child services? Have people actually asked for this stuff and not been joking? Oh, I'm sure. What is what has she seen? <laughs> there are some cruel people. People are be like, I can't deal with this puppy and just drop them off and never pick them up. Yeah, so it's kind of it, it's kind of uh I was just being silly and we spoil our animals, but <laughs> You know, there's a lot out there in the world. Apparently, we really do spoil our animals because they get a breakfast and a dinner at specific times. And treats. And treats. So, I guess not everyone does that. I don't know. Oh, no. Not everyone does that. <laughs> and I make their... So they get dry food and wet food. And I make their wet food because the stuff on the market has all these fillers and weird... Are we talking about the dogs? Ingredients. Or? Yeah. Okay. Well, and then people food, but... I'm talking about the dog food, you know, the wet stuff that comes in a can or something. But so I just make, um, I get meat like chicken or ground turkey and cook that up for them with some veggies. Don't add seasonings though, obviously. 
Like, I'm all about the salt, but not when it comes to the dogs. Because they don't need that. But, yeah. And and they get they get their kibble mixed with, you know, chopped up chicken or something. Yeah. Um, and... They the, like it. <laughs> they also... We also give treats to the goats and chickens and stuff. But they get... Um, like, the ducks up front get cracked corn. Yes. Although, Bray Bray loves cabbage the best. And he yells at me when I don't bring it to him. But sometimes it's not on sale. Because... The, <laughs> now, the, that's in the front. That's the duck house we call the hotel. Yes. <laughs> because the goats are not there to cause chaos. So, those ducks are rather spoiled. And... But the, but the ducks and the chickens and the goats in the back, they get uh, black oil sunflower seeds for treats. Yes. And if you're lucky, you get some because the goats are greedy. They're so greedy. They've knocked me over several times when I bring them out. Because and not on purpose. It's just they're trying to get to that yeah. bowl and it's just a crowd. It, I mean, we're talking about time. This is all kind of related to time because all of these animals have time clocks in their bellies because we always do treats at the same time or dinner at the same time except when the daylight hours well even when the daylight it changes it gradually ch enough well that... the dogs get fed the same time but when it's daylight savings then it really messes them up yeah for the dogs it's a, the same clock time it's so a, it's... <laughs> it's every 12 hours basically they get a meal but Dudlin gets very upset when it, the time change happens and he's not being fed. So we feed them like a half hour later. And then we gradually and, yeah. move it. So. <laughs> Which will bring us back to our original topic. If you, because we've talked about sunset. All right, we're, we're distracted <laughs> at the moment. So I have, Man. speaking of lights. I can I, never get this on video. <laughs> I have a, solar spotlight on a shepherd's hook out out back and one of the goats is rubbing his head on it and he's got to he's got to get up on his hind legs and really get his head up as high as he can arc low arc low and he's scratching the top of his head on it and it, it looks really silly so that's why we're distracted it's his, it's his favorite scratcher and every time he does it i'm never quick enough to get the camera out <clears throat> but one of these days i'll yeah, get it one of these days I'll, we'll get it. so <laughs> If you're if you're at a northern latitude, the sunrise it moves fast enough that you can. It's not such a big deal when your routine doesn't change. Like in the in the winter, when you get up, you have your breakfast and coffee, you do everything like that, and then later the sun is going to come up and you go out and you deal with it. That's not that big a deal. What matters is when the the seasons are changing. And the sunrise starts creeping towards your breakfast, towards your morning coffee, and crosses through it so that you actually end up having to go out with the animals out first and then get your coffee after. Or have the coffee prepped and take a, something with you outside. Yeah. And it's even more disruptive in the evening because that's your dinner. Breakfast kind of is like, I'm getting up, I'm getting into my routine, but dinner is kind of a thing for us. It's a... Yep. It's the only time we can really sit down, really. <laughs> yeah, so there's kind of a ritual around dinner. And it's like the only meal I really eat, so it's kind of important to me. <laughs> yeah, Kara makes a big <laughs> deal about dinner. and So, so it's, it's kind of frustrating when the sunset is happening right in the middle and we have to move dinner around. And yeah. then once sun, sunset and sun, – sorry, sunset – once uh, the sunset is clearly on one side or the other of dinner, then we're okay and we deal with it. But it, the sunrise keeps happening earlier and earlier, and in the middle of summer, it's pretty nuts because you're 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 getting up crazy early to let the animals out, and then in the evening you're doing this hot, this crazy negotiation with all the birds <laughs> to please please just go in your house. I want to go to bed. It's exhausting, yeah, to say the least. So, because it's different for us, we don't stay up late at night. We we get up early in the morning. Yeah, Aberdeen, we get up early in the morning. So that wraps up the cycle of the sun, and how we're bound to it. So that now we should get into other needs that we have with light. But in the winter, stuff gets dark. So dark. We're a little distracted right now because Aberdeen has now. She's now attacking. Uh, 
her little bed and a pillow. She always attacks these pillows I have put in front of the screen door so our 17-year-old pug doesn't smash his face into them barking at the goats. Yeah, it's not such a big deal now that he it, it, he doesn't see so well. And when he still had more vision than he does now, he would see shapes outside the sliding glass door and try to run, go get them, and he'd run headlong into the door. Yeah. So now he's he doesn't see as far and he doesn't notice them as much. But we have these couch cushion kind of pillows that we put up against the sliding glass door in case of shenanigans. They have like handles on top. They're like floor pillows. You just throw them on the floor and can sit on them or whatever. I don't know their technical term, but they are Aberdeen's favorite thing to play with. I think if you look up the manufacturer specs on these pillows, the handle is there so that a small dog can <laughs> drag them all drag over the, the pillow around the room. <laughs> Even though it's like triple her size. For now. Yeah. She keeps growing. Stop growing. <clears throat> it's a problem. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> in the winter, you're going to spend a lot of time in the dark. Uh, it, it, at the worst of it, it's really only daylight during business hours. Not so, even business hours. It's like from 8 to 3.30. Yeah, it's bad. So <laughs> It's so depressing. You're, you're going to be... <laughs> Why do we live here? You're going to be trying to put the animals to bed, and you're going to blink your eyes, and, and suddenly the, it's dark. It's <laughs> The sunset, it, it feels more sudden in the winter, <laughs> and I think that's because you're less comfortable and you're more focused on how long you're out there, and... It just it just feels like you're out there for and you don't go out there long before the sunset. You're you're there right at sunset, thinking we'll just put the animals to bed real quick, and they and they tend to cooperate more uh, when when it's getting dark. So the, the birds especially, like the, the chickens, are like, okay, we have reached sunset. Our contract says we go to bed at sunset, so they go in their house, and the ducks are more willing to go into the house because okay, okay, fine. And um, you don't want to let them. I mean, some people do, I guess. I'm not sure why, but just to let them out before dark or stay out after dark. But that's when predators approach. And we have pretty so, decent fences, but... But I'm sure some things can jump at hawks, eagles are around too. Although they're more during are, the day, but still, I don't I, know. I don't, I don't know, know what kind of owl population we've got here. Well, I, I've I don't heard know. horror stories about owls, so. And then there's and then there's uh, bobcats and things like that. So coyotes. It's just better to assume foxes. That, <laughs> assume that there could be shenanigans at night and put them all away. Put them all in their houses. So, so as you're walking around, you're absolutely going to be in the dark, especially in the morning. I'll go out. And I'm carrying water in the morning, in the winter. We have ducks, so we're going to put uh, water in these, I think they're three-gallon plastic. Not no, no, plastic. rubber, rubber. No plastic during winter. It will crack and break. Right, it gets brittle. And in the summertime, the same plastic thing that flexes a little bit will just crack in the winter. Uh, so we get all this rubber stuff from Tractor Supply and the local farm store. We've talked about that before. There's like three-gallon tubs with handles, and we'll fill those with hot water so the ducks can bathe in them. And Little have, spas. Yeah. They, they treat it like a hot tub. It's like, ooh. <laughs> but it's so that it doesn't freeze immediately yeah. in the, the worst of winter. And I'll go out there in the dark before sunrise to – and this is like 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> this is not some early time in the morning. And I'll fill up all those tubs, and then when the sunrise hits, I'll let the birds out of their houses, and they can go, you know, enjoy the water. So what do we do about light when we're outside before sunrise and after sunset? In the beginning, it was it was headlamps, and Kara hates headlamps. Well, I have a small head, so it would either squeeze my brain, which there's not much up there, or it would just fall off. So. Yeah, she she's very concerned that her brain won't work if it's squeezed by an elastic band. <laughs> and well, it hurts too. Like yeah. I wear glasses and they hurt a lot of the time. I know it's terrible. It's yeah, if, if the, you really gotta 
work with what's comfortable for you, and she's not comfortable with the headlamp. It's also, she only weighs like 100 pounds. So the headlamp looks really big on her face. The same headlamp that I would wear, and it's fine for me. So, and I can't see with it anyway. My vision's just bad. It's just bad. <laughs> right. We'll get into that in a minute. But the, the, the solution we found out, one of the other farmers at a farmer's market told us about solar lights. And we're like, oh, of course. So you buy up these lights at Home Depot or, or wherever, and it's just various different solar lights that collect sunlight all day, and then they turn on when the when the when dusk happens and it's various different kinds there, there's a spotlight that we got at home depot for like 15 bucks and then there's a magnetic one it's just just look at what they have in your local area and think about where you would put them and and how much light they would give you want something that's i don't know 20 lumens or something everything's measured in lumens you want to you want to get one and play around with it and see how much light it puts out. And then you'll understand how much a lumen is. Yeah, there are some that are just crappy, but there are some good ones out there. Like those little ones you stick in the ground. They're not great. They're pretty, but they're not great. You want something that clips on? Yeah. And clip it on your fence? Or magnetic stuff is tricky because the wind could blow and knock it off. Or it could get a bunch of snow and ice piled on it and it could have more weight and it could fall off. So clips are best. Or if it has a hole in it somewhere and it's meant to be screwed into something, you could put a bit of wire through there and wire it to your fence. I also found the on the inside of the door for some of the buildings, I'll get some of those stair tread uh, lights. They're meant to be put on the vertical side of, of your steps and they just provide light on your steps. And I got a four pack of those for 20 bucks. And I put all four of them, I screw them onto the inside of the door for one of their buildings. And the door is open all day collecting sunlight. When you close it at night, it provides a little bit of light inside for a while. Except in winter. No, in winter it provides, <laughs> it provides it for a little while. There's not much. So ducks can't see well at in the dark so that's why and because they have to be fed in their house at night they need some sort of light so so we have something that lasts long enough for them to finish their stuff now some people feed their ducks during the day but they can separate their animals all of our animals are in the same place and the goats will eat everybody's food they're so, so greedy they're so greedy goats are so greedy okay, and they're rude yeah they'll just take your food <laughs> So, They'll so, take everyone's food. <laughs> so we end up having to feed the birds in their houses at night when they're locked up. That serves as an incentive to get them into the house. So that's Sometimes. helpful. Yeah, so so we, we, we have these solar lights on the door, and it provides a little bit of light inside so that they can kind of see what they're doing. And in the winter, the lights will last an hour Maybe a little more, maybe maybe a few, depending upon which one you buy. Yeah, no. it'll, it'll last like a couple hours. But in the summertime, those lights could last all night. And we also have like string lights that are solar in the houses to provide an ambiance, if you will. <laughs> yeah, those are, are, you can set them to flash because they're de decorative, but you can also set them to a steady light. Steady light's probably better. You don't want like a disco in your animal houses. It might make them a little cuckoo. Yeah, you don't want to dance party every night. <laughs> no, not every night. But you could. But be careful to set them to a steady light <laughs> instead of flashing. But they do get awfully dusty, so you need to dust them off once in a while. Right, and we have like we have rope lights that we got so that they're not. Um, the, the dangly lights, I, I worry about them getting caught on things. Or... Oh, ghosts will chew those up too. Yeah. <laughs> so I just get the plastic rope lights with LEDs inside and put those in the rafters. Yeah, and, way up high, way up high. And in our, our houses, I'll drill a hole and I'll put a piece of PVC through the hole. And I'll, I'll buy what's called a uniseal. It's like a rubber ring. And you can put it... <laughs> 
in the hole that you drilled. If you drill the hole, you look it up and figure out the sizes and stuff. You basically put this rubber seal in the hole that you drilled and you just shove the PVC through that and it makes a watertight seal. And I just run all the cords for all the solar stuff through that. Mm-hmm. And so you have, yeah, I, I do, Castle. It's okay. That provides one channel for everything, and it provides some light inside the house. And, and, and I've got all these solar panels mounted on the wall on the outside of the, the building. Yeah, we got a couple of overhead lights for the goat house from Amazon. We got one for the duck house up front, but that one doesn't work. We got a dud. We got a dud. But overall, they're not too bad. We. It's the tr- hard. The trick with those is those are like a, a chandelier light, and they have a little remote control, and they have... Now, these are not the string lights. These are not the rope lights. These are... These are in addition to... In addition to. These are for us to move around and stuff. They turn on at dusk, and you have to actually... You have the solar panel and battery pack in one piece that's mounted outside the building, and the cord just goes in through the hole that I drilled. And... We make sure that they're turned off in the summer. Or else they'll be on all night. They'll turn on when dusk (laughs) hits. And then if you're in bed, you know, the goats are just in light all night. Which isn't nice. Who wants to fall asleep in daylight? I mean, you take your little siestas during daylight, but you don't want that on all night. So So the trick is we we just keep that off all the time. And then we turn it on at at the panel, hit the little switch. It's a little button. Yeah, it's a button. And then we go inside and and turn it on. And and here's the neat trick: we, the remote control that comes with it. I duct tape that to the one of the beams, one of the studs inside the building. And now we have a light switch. Until a goat will find it and take it off. You but put it high enough then. and well. don't attract. I mean, they they haven't chewed them up yet. <laughs> Not yet, but it's possible. But they haven't chewed them up yet. Yeah. So, so basically, we, we go up to the goat house, we click the thing on the solar panel, because I, I mount it low enough that we can reach it. That I can reach it, to well, be honest. Yeah. And then I, we go inside and we turn the light on, at the, and we, we duct tape the remote close to the door, so you walk right in, hit the button, and it's on. And then you can do stuff, and we have two in the goat house because it's a 10 by 20 building. So I have actually drilled two different holes in the goat house just for electrical, like solar cords to go through. Other ways that we do this is our chicken coop is actually powered. There's an underground conduit from the house. So it's got actual power. Came like that. We didn't, we don't have the money to, eventually we'd like to add power to all the buildings, but that's a lot of money. So. Yeah. You have to dig a 18 inch deep trench between the two points and like they have to run an electrician has to run conduit and run wire and it's a whole production it's worth it but it's a lot it costs money (laughs) we're planning to do it but someday but yeah you know there's other things and it's difficult here because there are machines that will dig the trench for you but this is maine we're gonna have rocks i know i know the trench is gonna have to be dug by hand or by an excavator (laughs) and we can't get an excavator in that spot on the property between the fence and the buildings. And it, so it's going to be dug by hand to get to the goat house. Yeah. The benefit for us personally is there are two electrical lines running to our chicken coop. And one of them is just going to this crazy old rope light that they had. So Yeah, I don't know. The previous owners had all this stuff in this chicken house. There's so many wires. It makes me nervous still because we still have yet to clean it up almost three years later. But it's all disconnected, but there's, like, some camera and some weird lights. And they had... It's just like, what were you doing with your chickens? They had cameras with... Well, they were doing the same thing we were doing, but they were had... They <laughs> they're older, and they were using coaxial cable for their cameras. <laughs> and we're using Wi-Fi for our cameras. Meanwhile, chickens, also like goats, will peck at stuff and be like, Ooh, what's this? And they're... There's like wires, like I cleaned up the ones in their reach, but the ones on top I have yet to do. So hopefully no one flies that high. I don't think they will. But 
Yeah, you just have to case by case. It's crazy. Dangerous clean And they up. had so many outlets in that building. We had to put like child protector things just in case because I worry. Yeah, we we bought Why these plastic um, these plastic <laughs> covers that basically you plug them into the outlet and they just have a plastic. It's just a cover. Yeah. It just occupies the outlet. Things. Dust can't get in there anymore, and and nobody can stick anything in there. And so we, we did mainly for dust, and just in case the chickens pecked at the the plate. But it hasn't been a problem since. So I think the big threat is dust, which we've protected our outlets from. So so the, it's it's easy to talk about stuff when you got power in the building, like the chicken coop. Yeah. And the goat house is pretty easy because we have rope lights in there to provide some um, some low-level light. And we have the two chandelier lights that we told you about. And they don't need as much light. They can actually see pretty well in the dark. So it's mostly concerning with the ducks who yeah. can't see at night. Goat's vision is amazing. Yeah, their eyes are weird, but they're so cool because they have little... Their pupils will turn into slits in the sunlight, the daylight, sort of like sunglasses. But when they're in a building or at night, they're like wide pupils. It's so bizarre and cool. Yeah, it, they, they have these like sideways <laughs> eyes and it they can see all the things. A wide <laughs> range around themselves. Like it's crazy, like 200 and something degree vision. So it, their brain is just processing more of the world than ours is you, you kind of can one of the one of the ways you know if an animal is a predator or a prey animal is a predator will have both eyes facing front like humans do because your eyes are designed to target something that thing i am looking at that thing i'm gonna go get it whereas a prey animal's eyes will be wide and, and closer to the sides of their heads because Something is going to try to get me, and I need to see it before it gets here. I need to see everything. So their eyes are wider apart, and it makes it really difficult to sneak up on a goat. Yes. You pretty much have to assume that the goat can see you when you're walking up to one. you got to work on building trust because you're, you're not going to surprise them. And then ducks, they see super well during daylight hours because there'll be something flying way up high and they'll do the side-eye thing. They turn their head turn to the side so they can look up with one eye. It's funny, but then it's like, go away from my birds, big bird that's flying overhead. So. Yeah, it's kind of funny, the gesture. We, we joke about it. <laughs> but the bird is actually saying, holy crap, is that a hawk? yeah. <laughs> so they're they worried. Look and see. And at night, they just they just can't. They just can't. <laughs> Some owl would just have a field day. Really? The only defense that they have is the pecans are kind of big and difficult to carry off. But the other ones, the lighter ones, it's more of a worry. So we put them away at night. Yes. So we've covered the chandelier lights that you get off Amazon and how you get them in there. You just you hang them from one of the rafters. They have they come with screws and stuff. You can put them in and duct tape in the remote to the stud. We covered that. I should be more specific about the clip lights that we talked about that we put on the fence. We basically make a trail of solar lights and they don't have to be strong. They don't have to be the brightest lights. Just they're just enough so that you can see where you're going. You might hear Aberdeen snoring. She is She's finally gone down. Mercifully. <laughs> she has gone down. But you, you, you might, just basically put put a trail of solar lights in the pathways that you walk when you're doing your chores. Yeah. And at night when we walk out there, we can see everything. We don't have, need a headlamp. Everything is illuminated. It's not bright. You're not going to read by it. But you know where the, where things are. You know where the buildings are. You know where the trees are. You know what's going on. There's enough for that. And you also take solar lights and you put them, you mount them on the gates of your fences. So you can always see how the, you know, you can always see the gate latch and what you're doing. Yeah. And just use that to illuminate your area. And in the summer, they'll be on all night. They'll turn on at dusk and they'll, they've been soaking up rays on the long summer day. And the night is not that long. So they'll be all night. And in the winter, 
they'll soak up for what little daylight they have and they'll last an hour or two, but that's enough to get the animals to bed. Yeah. So it's it's useful in the winter, but after some time, if you if you wake up for a midnight snack or something and you look out the window, it'll be dark. So, so dark. So dark. So it's kind of a funny relationship we have with light. The The best time to have no light pollution, even for our own, our own solar lights, and to actually see the stars, because we're in the middle of Maine. If I were to get up at night and walk down the property and just look up, I could see so many stars. But in the summer, that's late at night, and we're tired. So, I, so I, I have been meaning to stargaze for a couple of years now. I go to bed when it's still daylight out. So that's in the summer, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I just haven't, right? And then in the wintertime, it's so cold. So, you have to suit up to yeah. get out. You could, but Why? I don't, I don't <laughs> dig the entire property out. So I would be trying to, maybe we should get snowshoes. Maybe that would help. Someday. It's on the list. It's on the list of things. But we, we, there's so much going on and you get so tired and there's so many chores around the farm. I so, can't even imagine living in Alaska. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> there's just, you have, I don't even know. They days, spend all of their time. If, you know, if you're talking and about days of night or days and days of sun, how how do you even function? I just yeah, it's I don't know. It's a lot. But Anchorage is is their Portland, like in Maine, the the city with all the people in it is Portland. A friend of mine told me a story years ago. His father-in-law helped him build a deck behind his house and it was an odd shape it was like i think it was an octagon and the guy eyeballed a lot of the stuff because he'd been doing this for so long he said yeah that's about right and at the end of the project it was correct it was it was fine you know i could never do that i'm, I'm terrible at this but i would think that even most carpenters would would say you know like measure twice cut once but you, when you develop a skill, you eventually get to a point where a certain amount of it, you can just say, I'm looking at it. I've done this enough. I know that's correct. And Kara does that with baking. So she's, she's making it sound like she's just loosey-goosey throwing stuff in there. <laughs> but she's actually making a pretty serious professional assessment of what she's about to do. I am, but baking is also very chemistry-oriented, which I failed at, by the way, people. So... But you do need to measure stuff, and I measure for the most part. But bait or gluten-free is in its own little world anyway, so it's completely different than regular baking. And then you gotta accommodate. Like I use extra baking powder in some recipes. Like I'll take a recipe, but then I have to tweak it to make it good for gluten-free baking so there's a lot of stuff going on there yeah, and that's why I her stuff think is of the words. Sorry. that's why her stuff is better than a lot of people's and i'm picky which is extremely to my own picky demise in a way because it's why the product is so good but it's also but it why it also limits a lot of things yeah and it's why you're never totally happy yeah. There's times where something is not quite right, and you're like, no. And a lot of, you <clears> would be surprised how much stuff I throw out, and I'm just like, but other people would be like, ah, it's fine. It's, like, it's this gluten is, free. It doesn't matter. But it does matter. This is not correct. I did not get my 17 Michelin stars <laughs> by, or however many, I don't know how many Michelin stars people get, but what, I did not get my bunch. Two is good. <laughs> I did not get my many Michelin stars by letting stuff pass. Yeah, if only I could get a Michelin star for what I do. Is it? Did I totally screw? Is it just oh, one? Yeah, yeah, one or two is like high praise because that's the hardest of the hard to get. We've actually watched movies on this, and I still screwed that up. You can't get. No one's ever had seventeen. I'll bet. I'll bet you somebody wants to though. Oh, I'm sure everyone wants to. I don't think I would trust it. If if one is really, really important, mm. 
and somebody had a bunch, I would not. I would lose faith in it. I don't know. Because I would assume I that there's shady stuff going on. Let's see how many Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay is like, I love him. I know he's. No, hang on. Is the Michelin star for the particular restaurant? It's the restaurant. Okay, so you could you could be an owner of a restaurant, and you could own. Different. You could own a dozen restaurants, and each of them could have one Michelin star. Yeah. Okay, so so the so Gordon Ramsay could have seventeen Michelin stars, but he actually has seventeen restaurants with one. Right. So it's it's based on the restaurant itself. Yeah, it's not like a five star review type of thing. It's... Okay. Okay. So that particular restaurant did whatever they do. Right. And okay. So you could have seventeen Michelin stars. Well. That's rare. Who has... Nobody. Okay, I'm. What I'm getting <laughs> culturally, no chef would ever say that that way. Right. That's not how you'd say it. You could have 17 restaurants, each of them have one Michelin star, and you'd say I have one Michelin star. Yeah, but the chances of each restaurant getting a Michelin star because it takes a lot to get that, and it, yeah, it wouldn't happen. I'm afraid. Okay, but but they would always. They would never total their Michelin stars no, from their restaurants. No, they'd be like, we're a Michelin star restaurant. Okay, okay. Or a Michelin star chef or something. So that's a cultural thing. They, they would always focus on the particular restaurant. Yeah, it's just enough to be like, yeah, I have a Michelin star. It doesn't matter how many. I, I mean. So it, Gordon Ramsay, if you're out there. <laughs> I, I will, love you. <laughs> I, I will do your PR. I will talk about. Your restaurants, and I will talk about your Michelin stars. I wish I could eat at your restaurants, but I cannot. <laughs> you would probably call me a donkey or something. I've applied for Hell's Kitchen, but I don't think I would ever make it. I would cry and cry and cry some more. So there's yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's weird. The, like if somebody yelled at you like that, you'd have a heart because you respect them so much. Yeah, I respect him so much, and I've had a hard time, and I'm not as good as I used to be. Cause I don't think he would look. I, I maybe he would take it easy on me yeah. because I have issues with my uh, hand and stuff. But I don't know the man personally, but from what <laughs> I've seen on him, if if he knew about your hand injury and how much you're still doing with the hand injury, he'd probably be impressed. I would hope so. He would be amazed that you're doing as much as you are. It hurts every single day. Every single and day. And we we should go over this one more time. Kara has a, a hand injury, and it was corrected. We'll, we'll help. Well, I feel like this surgery. is a whole other episode. It's a whole other episode. Goes. So Kara if you does Kara hurt does. your hand or bashed a thumb with a hammer, your hand has the most nerves in your body. So if something were to happen to your hand, if you injured it, it takes longer and it hurts more than any other part of your body. It's an extreme thing. And even doctors still don't understand all the things that go on with the hand because there's a lot. So the, the, the end result is there's a certain amount that a person in, in Kara's position is able to do with that hand it doesn't have the capacity it used to have so just imagine x amount that you're you're able to do in a normal day kara does more than that because she's a workaholic and she won't stop so kara does far more than she's supposed to do with that hand she's living with chronic pain some of it is just due to the nature of the injury and it's going to be there forever. Yeah. <laughs> Some of it's going to be there anyway, but a lot of it is because can't stop, won't stop. I mean, and if you, if you, I could stop, but then I would not get out of bed. Every so day. It, it's <laughs> something we don't see in movies and stuff is when someone, when someone's working with their hands and something happens to their hands, it's devastating. And, and the fact that Kara's running a business. Two businesses. Two now. businesses, technically, yeah. But the fact that she's doing all this is beyond impressive. So, yeah, there's been a lot of movies. There are a lot of movies I can't watch anymore and shows that make fun of or think it's no big deal to have a hand injury or whatever. They make light of it. I don't want to get 
into all of it right now because it, it really is a separate episode. But, yeah. Um, it it's not as easy peasy as they make it out to be. Hollywood doesn't know. No one's ever called them on it. Although someone should. It, it's hard if you've been through it. It's like I. Why? Why are you making fun of this? Why aren't you? So we're we're gonna so, do an episode. Kara has, has suggested our next episode. Yeah, it should be should our just, next episode because it ties into what we're gonna do with the farm. All about why we even started the farm, which is kind of important since we're doing a podcast on farming and trying to help people and you know. We'll get into who it next are episode. We? I mean. People like to know who we the, are. The but, short answer is a, a wellness farm, but we should go in. We'll go into detail with that in another episode, where we can really focus on it. Yeah, because there's a lot. It's there's, a lot. It's just too much. But but as far as getting back to the the, so it's so hard to keep. I know we topics. always lose, lose trail of our topics. So sorry. We 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 actually have feedback from. <laughs> Someone who actually listens to our podcast that works the one person, the one person, our one listener. The, the, she she man, she runs the booth next to us at Belfast Farmers Market. But her name is Heather. Hi, Heather. Hi. How it you was doing, nice Heather? Nice to meet you yesterday. <laughs> and she mentioned that both of us go off on tangents, and the other drags them back to the to, to the subject at hand, which fair. Yeah, we do that. Fair. That is our life, though. <laughs> <laughs> to keep him on track of a conversation we're having is like pulling teeth. Let's oh, be honest. Oh, my God. You should have. You didn't know me. You should ask Ron oh, sometimes, my high school friend Ron. <laughs> when I got my wisdom teeth out and they gave me codeine, my friend Ron, who, who um, my, Kara actually worked for him for a short time. I was a process server. Go figure that's that another, one out. <laughs> that's some stories there. Yes. But my my basically Ron and I and another friend of ours were hanging out right after I had my wisdom teeth out, and I was pumpful. I had codeine as prescribed, and they called me Tangent Man <laughs> because I couldn't keep track of a thought it, when I was like it, it all this stuff of me drifting off on another subject was magnified and made much worse I couldn't even imagine it was it's so bad now it well it <laughs> it was to the point where they weren't even mad they were laughing about it they thought they, it was it was entertainment for them oh I'm sure so <laughs> <high>. <laughs> I was basically high you were high coding is a yeah, I was I was totally yeah, high. So. But it, well, for me, for me, my wisdom teeth were. I was lucky with my wisdom teeth. They kind of got them when they were ripe. I was told mm -hmm. like if they waited a year, the teeth would have been too hard. It would have been more difficult to get them out. If it, a year earlier, it would have been too soft. Apparently, I got my wisdom teeth out at the exact right time, and they were just easy to do. So I I did not have a hard time. I did have to eat soft foods for four days and this normal stuff you have to do. But other people have much worse times with wisdom teeth. I, I had, I'm on the easy side of the spectrum uh, with yeah. that, but they did give me codeine and, and that stuff was pretty sweet. I got mine out and I just don't remember any of it. So I'll have to ask my mom when she visits. <laughs> must have been strong stuff. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I think I was in college. Was I? Or was I in high school? I don't remember. I'll, I'll ask her. They're visiting next weekend. So So we're talking about light, right? We were going to the light, Caroline. We're getting... Oh, Carol Ann. <laughs> Carol Ann. Sorry. Is it Carol Ann? You know, nobody... You like, know, it's nobody been so it, long since I've seen those movies. I used to watch those when I was a kid. My cousins would force me to watch horror movies when I was like four or five years old. So nothing phases me anymore. There's no way I'm going to watch Poltergeist now because uh, <laughs> I will not be impressed by it. It, it, it. It's pretty bad. It was so scary back then. Yeah. The Heather is the only person that's going to understand this whole side of the conversation. <laughs> Looking to the light, Carolyn. No, no Gen Z. I don't even... Do millennials even know that? I don't know. Well, if you haven't seen that movie, I mean... You can't tell them to watch it now. They're not going to be impressed. They've seen well, too much. True. They've it's seen too much. Great. It's going to be like, I, I can't believe you were scared of this. Uh, the 
Ring, I think, is still a great movie for scariness. I still haven't seen it. Seriously? I have not seen The Ring. Oh, my God. All right. Well, it's on so the that's list. happened. Here's the here's the dilemma <laughs> that we'll probably get into more in the hand episode. But I am now in the p- position where if I can carve out some time, I have to watch because Carol loves horror movies. I love horror movies. But if there's hand stuff, it's out. I can't for obvious reasons. Which you'd be surprised how many. Yeah, there's a lot of directors in Hollywood that need to be punched in the face. Uh, but well, all right, that's probably a general evergreen statement but i was i was being specific in this case (laughs) the point is i may have to watch horror movies for her and then say no hand stuff and then she can watch it it's a shame which i'm not into horror movies so i'm taking one for the team (laughs) yeah it's a problem but to wrap up anyway because we're on as our we're, we've done some bloopers and some you, you always want to watch horror movies in the dark but back to light right <laughs> we're coming up on an hour as we're recording even though i think we're going to lose a few minutes when i edit this thing because we have a few shenanigans with dogs and aberdeen. whatnot mainly aberdeen <laughs> you want to be able to light your your way as you're doing your chores and just get solar lights and put them where you need them. I would suggest buy one or two cheap ones. Don't go crazy. Don't buy a bunch of stuff for your whole farm. Buy one and then try it out. Um, unless you're like us and you jumped in with both feet and you have to do everything right now, right now, right now. In a perfect environment, you'd be able to try stuff out and see how much light they put out, see how well they work. And just kind of feel your way. And when you're all done, as you're, you're, whenever you go to buy supplies at the hardware store, Home Depot, pick up a couple of lights. Distribute the cost over multiple trips, so you don't have to buy like crap tons of light at once. Yeah. Because for people that, yeah, and for people that don't have infinite money, it's it sucks. It's kind of like the 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 pair of boots theory. I don't know if we'll. You can look for it in Terry Pratchett novels, but the the idea is that if you buy one really good pair of boots, it's going to last you forever, but it's really expensive. And do you have that money all at once? You don't. So you buy the crappy pair of boots and they're cheap and you can afford them, but they only last a year. And so now you're buying those boots every year. Yeah. In this example. You get a, a good sale deal, like, Black Friday, or there's another good sale. But that, that undermines the parable. Well, yes. Yeah, sorry. So the I'm idea, all about the sale. Yeah. <laughs> the idea is that if, if you have all the money at once and you can get the one good thing, it can last you forever. But mm. if, you, if you're strapped for cash, expect for stuff to wear out. And it's actually more expensive to be poor. Rich people don't have to spend as much money because they buy the stuff that lasts. They have the money at once. Yeah. But as far as sales, just to just to, to kind of pick on my wife a little bit before we sign off, she'll she'll come to me and she handles the money in our relationship because she's the saver and I'm the spender. I will nickel and dime us. I won't even get anything cool. The money will just like nickel and dimed away. But she will she will actually be very careful. So well, she'll try, but running a business is so hard. She'll come to me and she'll she'll like confess a crime to me. It's like I I, I spent a lot of money and, and and she's like confessing to me. I'm like, okay, what happened, babe? What happened? It turns out she spent not really a lot of money it on, seems like on a stuff lot. that on stuff she's been looking at for months and it went on sale. And she bought like several things that were on sale, significantly reduced in price, that we really, really needed. Like we really needed this stuff. And so she bought like several things we desperately needed for less than the sale price. And she's like, I I spent so much. Like, are you are you trying to make are you trying to make a joke right now? What are you, what are you doing? It's just like, this is it's, not an emergency. It's like buyer's <laughs> remorse, though. It's like, oh my god, I can't believe I just spent that much. But if you have a person like that in the house, you're actually going to maybe have a savings account with something in it. But if it's just left up to me, there's no savings account. There's like nothing. We're flying by the seat of our pants all the time. 
Yeah, it's it's crazy. And trying to run like a bakery business when you have to buy all this stuff. And I hate running out of stuff. I always have to make sure I don't run out of stuff. So it's like, I don't want to spend that money. I don't even have that money. How am I going to do this? So it's it's a conundrum. We'll do an entire episode just on the weird <laughs> stuff of running a business. Oh my gosh. When you're when you're a mom There's and a when lot. you're actually a mom and pop. Mm-hmm. People talk about mom and pop. But are they, they really? They throw that <laughs> phrase around, but they they don't actually it's no, mom and pop mm-hmm. means literally mom, pop, maybe the kids. That's that, it. That's it. <laughs> There's no backers. There's no money guy in the corner. Mm-hmm. There's two things you're going to need with a business. It, extremely simple is personnel and equipment. And if you look at equipment, you have to get the piece of equipment or your business can't grow. Like like in her case, it was a refrigerator. We had to scrape up, borrow, bag, and steel to get another refrigerator at the time. And we, we had to because she had to store the prep for all the farmer's markets she was doing. We had to get the fridge. Now I need another fridge, but there's no space. Right. Or money. But that's the thing is is once you get it, you grow and then it becomes normal. So now we're as we're recording, we're over an hour and we're probably gonna be down to just below an hour when I edit. Yes. Sorry, so, this we started off on a good good start on this one, but then again, tangents, so there it is. <laughs> and I didn't even have any coding. <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> We we do not actually we, we have a source for don't. coding. Don't don't ask. We I don't. literally have not had it in decades. No, but I, I do I do remember it because it was really good. I was given <laughs> it for my hand, but I refused to take it. So there's that. But anyway. yeah, that's another story. Yeah. So signing off for this week. Bye. <laughs>